0: It is time to bring it back to vulnerability, back to connection. Here on the How's Your Heart podcast, we chat weekly about the practical ways to deepen the relationship with ourselves and how to cultivate that with the people around us too. My name is Jess. I am the host here on the How's Your Heart podcast, and alongside some amazing guests together, we are here to create psychologically safe spaces and to put into practice asking more than just how are you. Instead, we're asking, how's your heart? Welcome back to part six of our hibernation season. Today, I'm joined by Megan, who has recently become one of my dear good friends. She is so wise and so practical when it comes to looking inwards, and she has come so far on her own journey in regards to facing her own emotions and how to regulate them, and through talking with her prior to recording this episode, her practices and wisdom surrounding emotional intelligence versus emotional regulation were so powerful. And I just knew that I had to bring her on the podcast and share them with you guys as well. I really hope you enjoy them. I know that in this hibernation season, it can be quite confronting when we start to look inwards and reckon with Emotions that may have been hidden, that may have been stuffed down, um, and experiences that we may have just, you know, blocked from our memory that are starting to come up as we start looking inwards. It can be really confronting, and I think the tools and pieces of advice that Megan gives us in this episode are just so important and can be so helpful when we are feeling a little bit scared and a little bit lost during this phase so I really hope you enjoyed this episode guys and if you did make sure to go support Megan she is an awesome gal and there is so much more to her than just this episode so make sure to go support her Um, but apart from that guys have an amazing day have an amazing week I'll see you next week and enjoy the episode
1: Hey Meg, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So, so
0: excited. How is your heart
1: today? Um, it is really content today. It has May has been a wild ride of a month. It's been there's been a lot of like energetic shifts I feel and I don't know if, if you feel that as well. I definitely as do. To change. Yeah it definitely felt cleansing but heavy at the same time. So coming to now the end of May it's been nice to reflect on the month that was um, and yeah I feel really content and really at peace with where I'm at um, which has not been the case for the whole month. No no I
0: completely relate to the fact that it's felt a little bit chaotic and like areas of my life that I thought were pretty stable have kind of been a bit like oh okay I guess I need to watch out for something there. Um, <laughs> I definitely have felt that for sure.
1: Yes and that's exactly how it is and that is that piece of awareness is the biggest piece you can have mm. um, within a month. Is to to be able to step back and be like, okay, this is not my regular regulated self. Yeah, but I can see where things are shaking and where I need to strengthen.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: maybe my practices or or implement something new to help guide you through those times.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What areas of your life have felt a bit rocky?
1: Definitely morning routines. Mm -hmm. As soon as it starts to get colder, I fall off. And when I fall off, my whole day shifts. Yeah. Because really what you do at the start of the day, we all know this, sets you up for the rest of your day. And, you know, you skip, you skip that gym session or you skip that meditation for five more minutes in your warm bed and it can change the complete trajectory of your entire day. It's so true. And it's a really annoying fact. (laughs) Because sometimes
0: it is just so much easier to lay in bed and to enjoy the bliss of it being a bit colder, of being all snuggled up in your winter pyjamas, your little flannelettes, but... um it's so true it's so true that like a morning routine is so much better I find for myself like I have to wake up pretty early for my work and it's kind of I wake up brush my teeth kind of get all my stuff and I just leave the door because I need to be out within 20 minutes but last week I started implementing a five minute meditation and it worked wonders it was so good I loved it it was just like five minutes to just like chill before I had to be so high energy as a coach and whatnot. Um, this week I did not do that at all. And, oh, it's just like that five minutes essentially is my morning routine. And I feel the same as soon as it's gone. I'm like, oh, like, I just feel like my energy is so much more easily drained than it would have been. Mm. Isn't that so interesting? Mm.
1: Just five minutes. Yeah. Just five minutes. Five minutes. That's all it takes. Mm
0: -hmm. It's true. It's true. Well, I'm so excited for you to be on the show today. We are going to be diving into all things about emotional regulation and emotional intelligence and just everything emotion, all talking about emotion and how it's stored in our body and how we can become a little bit more like a friend to our emotions rather than something that we have to hide or something that we need to constantly nitpick so that we feel okay. Um, and I thought bringing on the podcast would be such a great idea and such a perfect person for this because not only do you have such a good, um, I guess, learning journey with this, but also you have so much wisdom on it now and I'd love for you to share it with us. So I'd love for you to share, I guess, your journey up until this point and specifically, I guess, regarding emotions and whatnot.
1: Hmm. Yes. It's, it's definitely been a journey. Um, I think for a long time I tied up my emotions in being an Aries and I was like, well, I'm just an Aries. So, so I'm just a fiery person. That's just who I am. Like, you know, I'm going to, if you say something, I'm going to snap and I'm just going to, but it's just the Aries. It's just the Aries in me. Um, and (laughs) yeah, Or, you know, you, you think about astrology and you think, you know, I'm just a Gemini. I just have two different sides and yeah. I just don't know which one I'm going to get. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, one, the knowledge that you have and, two, how you use that knowledge and actually implement that within your life. So for a lot of years I felt like I was quite an angry person, um not externally in a detrimental way but definitely i felt that inside i was angry at life angry that um that i was having to handle all of these emotions by myself and it was just one of those journeys that you have to take and It doesn't necessarily mean that anything about you. It's just something that you have to learn firsthand. It's that embodiment piece where if you don't implement the things that you learn, say, in a psychology session or through a book that you're reading, your life is still going to play out the same. So for many years my life still played out the same, Um, but I started to, do spring cleaning. I would spring clean out things that weren't serving me. So, having worked in in the event industry, everything was so fast paced, and I just come out of um, out of a breakup, and I unrealistically thought that I would be would find someone quite quickly, and I tied up my whole identity in being with someone. But then, as that all unravelled. I found myself with myself, sitting with myself, and all of these emotions from the past, from school, from relationships, all catch up with me. And at that point I realised that these were just emotions, but I I wasn't processing them. They were just compiling on top and on top and on top And then I would start to have conversations with people and I'm like, oh, but you don't have that problem because you're in a relationship or you don't have that problem because you don't have to work 40 hour weeks. And everything was external. I was dumping all the external onto everyone else. And that point I realized that I needed to start taking responsibility for my own emotions and my own circumstances because everything in my world was a reflection of what was going on internally. And it's, it's like the quote that they say where intention goes, energy flows. And my intention was on all of the bad all of the time. And it was manifesting. It was manifesting in every area of my life. So at that point, I took a step back and started to do the work, started to implement the meditation practices, started to do the journaling, but most importantly, just taking accountability for my own shit.
0: Right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Mm, which it's just, which is the hardest thing is to realise that externally not everyone else is a problem. It starts with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Owning your shit and, like, owning up to the fact that, oh, I maybe messed up or maybe I was the problem in that situation, I feel like is a massive growth point. Yeah. Um, for myself at least, I definitely relate to that. I am a Leo, so still that fire energy. (laughs) Yes. And I sometimes am like, the reason why I am just proud and extra confident sometimes, but then also can be really mopey and sassy. It's just because I'm a Leo and like, that you just have to deal with that like take with it what you will um but i think that just is such a mirror to the fact that you don't want to sit with your emotions like you have like i have now um and you haven't allowed that to be a free part of your identity a free part of who you are as a person i guess lack of acknowledgement or just even i guess it, emotions are kind of looked down upon if you express them, especially if they're not like to please other people. And I think especially as women, like we can feel that a little bit as well. Um, The fact that like, you know, there's a lot of energy running through us all this time. And if we have the intention of being really blind to that, Um, and not only our shit or not that this is shit, but you know, not owning the fact that we have emotion and energy running through us, then it just becomes like all caught up inside of us. And then it just one day pop and it explodes. And then for me, my life kind of fell to pieces. What what happened to you?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very, like very similar. I felt like it, Everything just started blowing up. And it really probably wasn't until COVID when I was working in events in Brisbane and we all lost our jobs very early on in the piece. And I suddenly found myself with all of this time time that I could fill with whatever I wanted to. But I was, I felt like a lot of things that I hadn't processed because I had created space you know, I, I mean the world had created space really it wasn't my own doing but you know it had created space for me to sit with myself i was i saw all of the spots that started to come up from past experiences but also um that was coming up day to day you were living we were living in like a experiment really we were living in a time where every day was so different no one had control of what the next day was going to be the only thing that you had control of was the way that you've responded to that situation mm-hmm. and how you decided to show up every day you could turn on the news and be caught on this fear spiral or you could choose to spend the the beautiful time that you had to yourself that and space that you would we probably will never get again in our lifetime to work on yourself and to do the hobbies that you, you know, had never created space for. But while doing that, you're still creating and processing through your own emotions.
0: It's so true. I even bring that back to like our experience in COVID, bring that back to the morning routines, like, it was such a time where you go kind of like one of two ways. You could be completely overwhelmed and like lose touch with anything to do with just being present and being stable. And I don't want to say that as the bad way because I definitely think some people needed to experience that to, you know, survive. Um, It was a very hectic time. And mm. some people like just needed to put their aeroplane mo- aeroplane mode on to get through. But then there was also this other side where we were baking bread <laughs> and we were like going on run yeah. and we were doing like home workouts and stuff and like a whole bunch of journaling. I remember my mom and stepdad were doing a lot of yoga in the mornings. Like that was their mm. thing. And they worked in healthcare, so they still went to work and whatnot, but they had like different, it was just a different way of life. And I think obviously it depended on where you were at in life as to how that, I guess, played out. But I think the amount of fear that was kind of pumped into this quote-unquote experiment and just the unknown um, and lack of control I think it also just made all of our emotions just kind of, ah, what happened? Like, oh, my gosh, they just went berserk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it is a really big eye-opener for yourself as to also how you respond in terms of you know, in times of crisis, how do you respond and what is your coping mechanism, which comes back to your own emotional intelligence as well. And emotional intelligence is essentially just the act of being aware of what you feel. Yeah. But also being aware of the feelings of others and being able to, walk into a room and sense a room, but also not take on other people's emotions, but be aware of your own.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I feel like that's like a three-part step of like emotional intelligence, like to just be aware of your own emotions. That's like base one. Base two is like Mm -hmm. to be aware of your own and others. And then like base three is like, Being aware of your emotions, being aware of other people's emotions, but then not taking on other people's emotions like that breakdown. And I feel like I am at base two for sure. I feel like I still am very vulnerable to taking on other people's emotions and for manipulating how I express my own emotions to suit the emotions of others.
1: Yes. And that is a big, big piece for women particularly is that, um, and you mentioned it earlier about the people pleaser, where you, we often do things to please other people and we will suppress our emotions because they're not safe to express or we will hide things from people because Again, safety. Safety is a big theme of a lot of emotional regulation. Is that how can you safely express your emotions in a way that doesn't create yourself more trauma?
0: Yeah. How would you go about that? What is? What have you got to say on
1: that? Um. Well, I, there's two pieces. So you've got emotional um intelligence, which is essentially the three-part piece that we just spoke about, about firstly having the awareness, one, of yourself, because if you don't have awareness of your own emotions, first and foremost, you will never understand how other people play into that
0: yeah. that piece.
1: But then, two, having the emotional regulation tools to be able to process your own emotions. Mm. So thinking about emotional regulation as the tools that come with emotional intelligence. So to become an emotional intelligent person, you have to become good at processing and managing your own emotions.
0: Yeah. Wow. True that processing and managing your own emotions. I feel like when I first heard the phrase emotional regulation, I kind of thought of it as I was the traffic light and my emotions were the cars. And I was like red, yellow, green, like you can stop, you can go. But as someone who tends to be a people pleaser, I would press like stop, stop, stop (laughs) on any of the emotions that were like unsafe or didn't feel comfy or Mm. that I just didn't want to deal with um and like green 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 go 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 for any of the emotions that were like oh I'm bubbly I'm happy I am accommodating I am compassionate you know all of those amazing good Mm. traits and emotions um but yeah I think it's a big part of emotional regulation I think we'll get to this as well that like it's okay to let those scarier emotions also go through um yeah and processing that I guess how would someone who has never really heard of emotional regulation process an emotion like how what does that look like
1: yeah that's a really good question I think the simplest way to begin that process of emotional regulation is first and foremost, the awareness piece. Mm. It's to start to become aware in your day-to-day as to how you respond to situations. So you might be driving to work and someone cuts you off and you start swearing. (laughs) And that is always saying something more about you then it is about them because the only way, the only person that can control that situation or has the awareness of that situation is the experience that you're experiencing and the experience that they are experiencing. But the only, the only one that you can control is your own experience. So you have no idea. They might be late for school drop-off. They might have had... A crazy morning but they're all just assumptions we have no idea what's going on in their world but we know what's going on in our world so we may have slept in we may be late to work we may have gotten the car in a hurry and then this person has cut us off so we've had this whole series of events that have happened up until that point and it is just then even if you retaliate and you, you know, <laughs> you flip the bird at this guy who <laughs> cuts you off, yeah. but then you take a moment to stop and be like, why did that anger me so much? And obviously, you can't always do that while you're in the car, but to note that, mentally note that, and come back to that later. So the easiest way to do that is journaling. And I know a lot of people are reluctant to journaling, but it's the easiest way to see your thoughts in real time on a piece of paper without having someone verbally reflecting them back to you. Instead, you're reflecting them back to yourself. Yeah. So that's the easiest way to get started is to, when you experience a situation like that, is to start to become aware and you're strengthening your awareness muscle by journaling and then reading and then pulling the insights that you've gained from that situation out and then questioning them. So why I cut him off, I was angry, but why was I angry? And what does that and what story did I, I create in that situation?
0: Absolutely, like getting curious with your initial reaction, and quite often, for myself, if I was in that situation where someone cut me off and I was having a really like crappy morning, and I gave them the bird, <laughs> and I was like, "This sucks!" Like, why did he cut me off? I, I think it would come back to, for a lot of people, why, like, um, I guess, an unhappiness within yourself. And I think that's what like most of the oh most of the time when I react in a way that is like uncomfortable or was not in the way that I wish to react to a situation, it's often because it's reflecting back to me either a part of myself that I don't like or a part of myself that I didn't know I didn't like. Um, and then that's when like the journaling comes in handy as well and I think for me journaling is such a great way to do it as well because sometimes it's hard to take these really insecure emotions that you don't even really know what's going on to another person and just like kind of word vomit all over them sometimes that's even scary in itself so having creating like the safe space within yourself to be able to just word vomit onto the page and then go from there and process from there that's why journaling is such a massive part of my life for sure
1: Mm. and what does that practice look like to you
0: yeah so lately it's been journaling maybe three times a week. And I used to use prompts quite a lot. And I do still cycle through prompts because I think they're really good at just getting to that next level in journaling or just starting as a beginner. But because I've been doing this for a really long time, I'm in this stage at the moment where I just write down today I'm feeling da 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 And then I go, because, because, because. And I love asking why, 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 why. I think it's gone down to a lot of those really deep internal beliefs that I didn't realize were there. But because I said, oh, I'm feeling really stagnant today. Why am I feeling stagnant? Oh, I'm feeling really stagnant because I wasn't able to go to work do all of the things and you know feel really successful today well, why do i feel the need to be successful oh because i think my worth and value comes from what i do during the day boom mm. <laughs> and then like moving from there <laughs> yeah
1: yeah right there and that it's that subconscious belief that is dictating that whole situation so you have a neutral event and then that then moves on to the story or meaning that you place on it so you've had neutral event the story or meaning and then comes the feeling that you place onto it so you're we're creating this through the story which is a subconscious belief and then putting the emotion onto it which is fine But then how do you process through that?
0: Yeah. And how
1: can you how can you do better next time? How can you react 1% less at the person who cut you off? How could you then have the awareness to put yourself potentially in their shoes? Maybe they're late for work. So and I'm also late for work. Yeah. And (laughs) being a moral employee and being on time for work. And I don't like that, what that says about me, story, meaning, feeling. Yeah, it's so true. I had a
0: situation very similar to cutting off in traffic happened the other day. And I think this really just puts into perspective the fact that we are all going through completely different lives, but also dealing with kind of the same life all at the one time. So I was driving home from work and I was going around this roundabout and I thought I was completely fine driving as I normally would. And I'd taken this route a million and one times because it's track to work, you know. And anyways, this lady comes up behind me. She's like honking, like, bah, 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 bah. And I'm like, gosh, what have I done here? And I'm like, this lady, she's like really angry. Anyway, she like skirts around me and races up to the hill and then we're stuck at this uh set of traffic lights and I'm like together yes and I'm like oh my gosh this is like so bad like why is she getting so angry at me and I was kind of getting frustrated because I was like I really don't like how people just think they can just blurt out all of their anger onto like people on the roads and like let their road rage be the outlet for their emotions I was like this is so frustrating, like, I was having a perfectly fine morning, and then I saw where she was turning into, and she was turning into the hospital, Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, like, who knows what's happening there right now, but it just, like, made me realise, oh, like she is probably having one of the worst days of her life and that doesn't necessarily mean that her reaction to me driving fine (laughs) was like rational or okay. But I think as well as like practising your own emotional regulation and intelligence and being aware of your own emotions, it's also being aware of the fact that other people are going to have their own experts and are going to be doing their own thing as well and protecting your peace with that intelligence and with that regulation. So, so important too. Yes. Because mm. if
1: you took on everything of everything that happened in every day from every person and you took that all on like a serial empath, which I know a lot of women do take on a lot from other people, <laughs> you would have to check yourself into a psych ward because you would be, you know, you would be thinking about the lady that, that was beeped to the horn at you this morning and wondering what that meant about you and attaching a story about that situation about yourself when it didn't mean anything about you. It meant everything about the day that she was having yeah. but that was all it meant there was there was no there was nothing else to look into in that situation
0: no i think it is such a really hard realization to come to that you won't be able to control other people's emotions and the only emotions that you are able to regulate are your own because it's really a lovely story to think that you're the saviour, that you've come down to make everyone so happy and so fulfilled and that, you know, you're the safe space for everyone. You're the person that they can come to all the time. You can be their everything. And I think that's a really lovely story, but in reality it turns really heavy really quickly because everyone is here on this earth just surviving, just living, just going about their day-to-day with all of their own emotions, their experiences, their traumas. As a human, you just would feel so heavy. And I think that's why this emotional intelligence and emotional regulation is so important, hey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we are just humans having a human experience and we are all doing the same thing as best we can with the tools that people have taught us, the tools that we've learned ourselves, But we, we aren't the hero in the story. We're the guide. We're a guide in the middle. It's always someone else's choice as to how they respond to a situation. And that is never something that you can control, but you can always be an example. People will respond better by seeing you doing the things than by you telling them what they have to be doing. It's never it's never going to be a learnt, embodied experience if they haven't learnt and understood it themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, claps.
1: <laughs> Say it louder for the
0: people <laughs> in the back, honestly. <laughs> oh, so good. I would also love to touch on how emotion is stored in the body and how it manifests as different kinds of things because I know you're also super wise on that um you mentioned a book when we were having our chat earlier and I forgot what it was called can you please remind me and also the listener
1: (laughs) Yeah, so it is one of the very first like self-development books that I ever read and it's It is called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And Louise dives into the way that we suppress emotions and how they are stored in our body. So at the back of the book, it's got a glossary of um, health issues and what they show up as in our bodies. And a lot of this comes back to um, there's a lot of Chinese... um, and I'm probably going to butcher this a little bit, but it's um, like Chinese medicine also looks into a lot of this stuff as well Mm -hmm. about how rather than looking at disease, we look at dis-ease within the body. So how is something that has happened in your life manifesting in your body? And a really easy example of that is if you have had a situation that is heightened emotionally. Um, You know, you might have just had a big argument with someone and you can feel in your body the tightness of energy. That is probably one of the simplest ways to identify energy stuck in your body is tightness, whether it's in your shoulders, your breath being really shallow. You could have like lower back pain. Um, you could have I think you had mentioned, um you had psoriasis, yeah, Is it psoriasis, yeah. yeah, and then what that, you know, what that meant absolutely meant in I that remember. season of your life
0: you search it up in the book when we were first chatting, but I remember we were chatting about that it linked to like stress and anxiety. And for me, that like correlated so well because at that stage where I was having like a lot of psoriasis, I was having like around my eyes, on my cheeks, um, like under my arms as well, um, I was going through a lot of anxiety and I did not have the emotional intelligence or the emotional regulation tools to be able to deal with that. And so it stayed pent up in my body. And I think I always knew deep down that a cream wasn't going to fix it, that a change in my diet wasn't going to fix it, that it would have come down to me releasing all of this anxiety and all of this stress and, um, feeling like I need to fit myself in a particular box, I guess. And, um, it cleared up before I dealt with that emotion. I do also, I'm trying to still reckon with that and see like where exactly that came through. Um, I think I just had a little bit of an influx in joy in my life that kind of eased off that anxiety, but, um, it's come maybe like, three years later and now I'm starting to deal with that emotion and now I'm like really releasing that off and it's a little bit of like a delayed gratification kind of in a sense where like it's releasing and
1: Mm.
0: now I don't have the psoriasis but now I also don't have the stress as well.
1: Yeah, and it Mm. goes, they always go hand in hand. There's always another underlying pause to why something is showing up and, you know, getting more creams and all the things to surface level treat them is never going to treat the underlying energetic block that you have. And the last couple of years I've been through um, a battle with fatigue and it really was emotions from past work experiences high levels of stress high levels of output coupled together and then when I started to slow down everything came back up so I started pulling back clients in my business and started slowing down and it hit me 10 times harder I went to so many different practitioners and they all helped to heal different parts. But it wasn't until I did a hair test and did a diet, a whole diet um, reset that I was able to come out of that. But then with that, did a lot of EFT, which is the emotional freedom technique, um, tapping for people who haven't done that. and. It's that's another really useful tool for reprogramming yourself because you're doing something physically while doing something mentally. So when we can piece the two together, our body learns faster and can release release quicker because we're doing the the learnt knowledge along with the embodiment knowledge. So we've we've got the both hand in hand together. Um, So Louise Hay's book is great um, for anyone who I think you can even look up some of the things online and just read what she says about um, emotions and how you can heal your life. She works a lot with um, affirmations, but then also the awareness, um, moving energy. Piece as well, which I think is really important, which she doesn't touch on a lot from memory in the book. Um, But yeah, both of those pieces together um, create change faster. Yeah, wow.
0: Do you think I love that piece that you said, like the learnt knowledge and like what was the other part? The practical, I guess, the yeah, the like physical embodiment piece. Oh, yeah, physical Mm -hmm. embodiment. So yeah, learnt and physical embodiment. I found When I first did my first breath work session, a lot of stuff came up for me and it was really scary because I hadn't really gone that deep (laughs) and um, yeah, it was really quite crazy. But um, putting that together now with what you've just said, I realized that I was having like a nice meditation and looking inward and having that like reflection time whilst also like working with my body I guess that would be the same with like tapping and whatnot I've done a little bit of tapping here and there but I'd love to learn more like it just it makes so much sense yeah using like our human abilities to work through human things and like human things are emotions (laughs) and what we've been
1: through yeah yeah and that in itself, like one of the quickest um, emotional regulation techniques is stopping in the middle of a, an emotion, like putting your hand on your heart and just breathing and centering your back, yourself back into a neutral place. You still may have that buzzing of emotions from the whatever circumstance that just happened, but you're making a conscious choice to choose to stop instead of being caught up in the flow of this this emotion this big emotion that's coming out but you're coming back to a centered place so that then you can manage that emotion in that particular circumstance so that you're not lashing out because obviously that's we can't process our emotions yeah in, in society, we can't really process our emotions in in real time most of the time because when something happens, when the person cuts us off, we're still doing life. So we need to make a conscious effort to then take that experience and move through those emotions in a safe environment, whether that be at home. If it was anger, processing that anger through hitting a pillow or whatever you want to do for that sort of regulation process, but knowing that you will come back to that and -hmm. you're not just suppressing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think coming back to that journaling practice, I think that's where that comes in such handy here because you probably won't have your journal on you or have the capacity or time or, you know, space to be able to journal right in the moment when you have an emotion, nor do I think that is necessarily the best way to move through an emotion in the moment, but it's a really great tool to use at the end of the day or at the end of the week when you are reflecting Mm -hmm. on that emotion and you are taking a step back and just, you know, working through exactly what happened and kind of seeing Mm -hmm. it from that third-person perspective.
1: Yes, and emotional regulation is so important for healthy relationships in your life because if you're suppressing or not talking through some of the emotions that you have, there it's always going to be a compounding effect, compounding and compounding until you either pop or you find ways to be able to regulate those. You really only have two options. And I know the latter is not <laughs> <laughs> it, it
0: yeah. is not something
1: that you it, yeah, want to be doing um yeah, to get to that place. You don't want to get to that place.
0: No. I think um when we are talking about
1: emotions
0: and processing through them, it's kind of a case of pick your hard. Like you can either pick the hard that is letting that emotion compound, letting it fester inside of you, letting it come up as maybe it's physical, mental relationship problems in your life or it's picking the heart of, being confronted with maybe the fact that you were the problem in the situation or, or like facing the fact that, oh, like, this is a really scary emotion. This is a really heavy emotion. This emotion is making it so hard to get out of bed this week, but that's my heart that I'm picking um, because you like, you, it's a case of picking which hard. And I think, both are a suitable option depending on where you're at in your life for some people they may never have the time and space to be able to deal with their emotions so in this lifetime in this space like all they can do is just let that emotion fester and that is a, it's a, it would be hard and um like there's a lot of empathy going there because to hold that emotion for your whole life is really challenging really heavy but if you are looking to release that emotion, if you are looking to process through it and to start learning more about how to regulate it, like that is also quite confronting too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pick your heart. Like what are you going to do um, with the emotion energy you have inside of you?
1: Yeah, and and find what works for you as well. Find what allows you to have the knowledge and the awareness, but then also that embodiment piece of moving moving emotions through the body, whether that be through breath work or whether that be through uh, movement. Dance is a really big one for moving moving emotions, which is why people love dance. It just it it's energy in motion, and that is emotions need to be processed through energy in motion, and. I always think about the word emotions and I think about that energy in motion because that's that's what they are. They come, they go. You, you're not always going to be happy and emotionally intelligent people know that. They know that your life is having emotional intelligence does not mean that you're going to be this happy ray of sunshine every single day. That's just not realistic. No. If anything, that is the opposite of emotional intelligence that you continue to show up in this people pleasing state instead of processing and asking for what you need, but then having coming back to yourself and coming back to to your own body and awareness. So
0: true. It's a massive journey, this I guess becoming awake to the awareness (laughs) of this humanity that we have and um, I think for myself it really came to be once I started you know once I heard the quote how's your heart and you know that is a direct correlation to how are your emotions going right now like how is your internal world going right now and so yeah I guess like that is a great way to start off like any tool for emotional regulation as well. Whether you're someone who just needs to like hug yourself and be like, how's my heart? Or you journal, how's my heart at the top of your page and you just fill it out from there. Whether you go to a friend and you say, hey, my heart is going blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, whatever it is for you. I think becoming aware is like, yeah, that initial step. And I love that we touch on that first.
1: Mm, and creating safe spaces within your relationships to be able to have those conversations as well, so that you're you're also not emotionally dumping, but instead it's like creating spaces where it's like an emotional spring clean. Like, do you have a friend that you could call and you could the intention of the conversation is to do a spring clean of your mind of all the things that and all the stories and internal dialogues that are going around to be able to clear that out because as women we love to chat. <laughs> so that me is do. a big way of and how we do love <laughs> Yeah, we just love, we love a chat and sometimes that's not always not always effective because the person we're chatting to is not in a position to receive the conversation and to to just listen. There's a big difference between someone like, do you do you want, I love one of my girlfriends with her partner that they're like, do you want um do you want me to listen or do you want solutions? What do you want? Because also with the partners in our lives, men are fixers. They want to fix everything, and that's just how they're wired to do that. So as women, we have to create spaces in our relationships where we're not emotionally dumping but we're rather emotionally spring cleaning, where we can create conversations with people that we can do that, but the the intention has to be there.
0: So true. So true. all comes back to intention and energy in motion, doesn't it? I'm so grateful for this chat. Hey, this has been so good. <laughs> I feel like we have covered so many beautiful topics and I've learned so much from you. I'm so glad we got to have this chat. <laughs> and um, I guess what is, like, the final comment? What is, like, if someone was to just tune in now, what would you say to them to kind of sum up this episode?
1: Oh, that's a tricky one. I think knowing the difference between emotional intelligence and emotional regulation, knowing that emotional intelligence is first and foremost about how you respond to a situation and everything is a reflection of you so having that awareness piece first and foremost but also having the tools the tools to to work through your emotions but also being able to help those around you because it's a practice and every day is so different so having having the awareness and having the tools and being being um being kind to yourself more than anything being yeah. kind to where you are who you are what you're working through and giving yourself some grace for that what a beautiful
0: summary so good oh i'm so grateful for you coming on the podcast. today, Finally, we got to do it. (laughs) We've had a little bit of a trouble guys, but it is okay. okay. This chat was worth it completely. All of the little bumps in the road, it was worth it because it's been so good. Um, Where can my people find you and all of the
1: wisdom and stuff you have to offer? So, I am a spiritual life coach. So, you can find uh, me at Megan Ziski on Instagram. Um, I also have a business called the Holistic Collective. So, for any practitioners that are wanting to dive into business, community, and growing their business so that they can support more people in having these tools, which is so, so important. The more that we can share our knowledge, the more that we're able to be the guide in other people's stories. So um, at Megan Ziski and at um, the.holistic.collective on Instagram. Beautiful. Thank you so
0: much. I'm so grateful. And hopefully we'll do a part two in the future. Yeah. <laughs> get you back I'd on. I love the that. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And I'll see you next week.